Hi, everybody. It's Joe Lorenzo. Welcome back to Society Talks. I'm here with Renee Moran. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. Um, so first awesome. off, everybody should know, I normally do this in a studio in Hollywood. We are doing this remotely during COVID, so we're being safe. Um, so let's get right into that. How are you doing during this crazy time? Oh, man. Um, I got to say, you know, COVID, the first few weeks, um, I was I was optimistic, thinking it, it would be a great time to get to all those things that I've been putting off, you know, books and and other sorts of creative things. But um, I'm pretty, pretty sick of it at this point. I, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I have good days and bad days. Um, thankfully more good than bad, but, uh, there have been a couple quiet ones. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's tough to stay optimistic. There's so much uncertainty and our, our business has been impacted so much as well as so many others. And there's just so much suffering and yeah. it's just such a difficult time and it's so hard to process, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's, it's so funny that you say that about in the beginning. It's so such ambition to be like, oh, you know, I'll use this downtime to do yes. all this. And I typically read a lot, and I still have three books that are still unfinished. I yeah. like, I didn't. I had said I was quarantining in Jersey with my dad. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna help you repaint the deck and this and that. Yeah. Never got to it. I don't know yeah. why, but it seemed I, like I still was doing things, but didn't do like you said, like. Oh, I'll get to the downtime things yeah. and just never got to them. Yeah. It's, I find it very challenging to focus right now. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's tough to really sit down and um, settle in and, 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 you know, put, go to work. Um, it's, it's, it's just difficult. It's such a uh, weird, you know, unique time in history right now. Well, actors though, um, and I've been in the business over 20 years and I've worked in every sort of facet of it and uh, not as an actor, but I've represented them, I've cast, I've produced everything. And and then I do all these interviews with actors and I, and I find that you guys are the most productive, and this could be different case to case, but you're the most productive mm-hmm. when you're the most busy. Absolutely. You agree? You know, yeah. There's- I, I would say this, um, there's definitely a lot of work you can do um, in the downtimes. And, um, you know, I, I try to keep uh, somewhat of a, a routine. I like to call it my anchor. Um, and, and you know, it, it's just there's just so much spare time now that um, I'm, I find myself uh, doing those anchors multiple times a day and, and I still have time to spare. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, it definitely when when there's auditions and there's work. And you're on set, you know. There's there's characters you're preparing and you're researching. Yes, time seems to fly by, but um, now you know with everything shut down, um, you know you, you're trying to be creative. But like we mentioned earlier, it's so hard to focus um, during such an uncertain time. You know. Yeah, I agree. So I want to get to um, a bunch of stuff with you, but I have to say this to you after we're done with this. You you should. I literally yeah. was just watching this video. On because you know I'm trying to stay uh, track what's happening when when things are going to be coming back for you guys for actors and production and things and actually yes. I'm supposed to be casting two things as we go back but I awesome. um I just watched this video about how Bold and the Beautiful is filming right now and you have mm. to go to YouTube and just type it in Bold and the Beautiful filming and I think Denise Richards is on it or something like that but they're doing it against mannequins and then she's got a kissing. Oh, wow. So they brought her husband in to do it because obviously they're, yeah. you know, they're together. Uh, it was the strangest thing. So, I mean, there's, look, I think Tyler Perry's back. I know I had another, yes. uh, somebody that's, you know, filming there, but he's got, 
he's got the um what's the word compound yeah he's got the the, the, the yeah the that but i'm saying like he's got the means if you will to yes okay to have actors quarantine for weeks and things like that so it, that's going to be unlikely for a lot of other studios, but you know yeah. that's great for him. So go watch yeah. that if you can. It's it's kind of I will the, them acting against mannequins, but yeah, I I I I heard about that recently. Um, that they were using um their their spouses, their boyfriends, and and you know people that they had relationships with um as a as a you know as a backup to those yeah. scenes where they have to kiss and stuff like that. Uh, you know whatever whatever it takes right now, man. It, it, it's nice to at least, you know, see people attempting to um, get back to work. I agree. I agree. The attempt yeah. actually. Yeah. And, and the finding out, you know, good and safe ways. I agree. Yes. All yeah. right, my friend. So let's start at the beginning. Cause I want, we're going to get to the amazing movie that you've got coming out. The tax collector um, opposite Shia LaBeouf, but let's start at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? Um, I, I grew up in um, Orlando, Florida. Um, I was actually, I was born in uh, El Salvador, in Santa Ana, El Salvador, and I came to the United States with my family when I was a baby. Uh, we first landed in Los Angeles, but ultimately we we uh, we basically settled down in Orlando, Florida, and I spent all my formative years out there. Okay. And yeah, you still have was, family down there? I do. Uh, my father ha- uh, lives down there still. He's remarried and he's got a, uh, my half sister lives out there. Um, I have uncles and aunts, but um, my mother moved out here a few years ago with my brother and sister, so I have them close by, thankfully. Oh, that's great. Yeah, when I moved out from Jersey, I didn't have any family out here, so it's good to have a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you know, I got to say, I, I over the years, you know, I've, I've met several actors and I have a lot, lots of friends, and I'm always um, inspired by their stories of so many people who move out here with basically no one and in just a dream, you know? And yeah. um, I think it takes great courage and a lot of sacrifice to be able to do something like that. Cause I know I, I went through my own challenges, basically, you know, making friends and, and building up a new life. Um, so I can't even imagine not even having the support of a cousin or an aunt. It, it must be super challenging. And I have so yeah. much respect for that. Yeah. Now what made you come out here from, was it just your whole family or did you do it on a whim? Like we're talking about from Orlando to, to pursue acting. You know, for me, um, I was, I was, uh, I, I love Orlando. I love Florida. I love the Caribbean vibe. I, I love everything. I love the culture. Um, for me, it was a very difficult decision to make. Um, I, I moved here. Um, I, you know, I was going through some things and, um, I needed kind of like a change. And I remember I, I had a very intimate conversation with my mother and, um, uh, by the end of it, she had convinced me to move to Los Angeles just just for a temporary stay, um, she had convinced me to come out, you know, for six months and give it a shot, see if, uh, see if I liked it. And if I didn't, you know, just come home and at least you gave it a shot, you got away and you got a chance to rehabilitate yourself. Um, so I, I, I took her up on that offer. I remember after our conversation, I was here about a week later and, um, um, six months turned into a year, into a year and a half. And then eventually I was introduced to the business of acting Mm-hmm. And and that took me on a whole another ride, which I'm still on right now. And and so how was that? How how were you introduced to the business of acting? Did you meet an agent or manager? Did you take an acting class? What happened? You know what happened was um, I was working at a at a gym in uh, Encino, California, and um, while working there, I met someone who offered me a job as at a, at a front desk position um, at his office. Um, on his 
at his office, he uh, had several tenants on his floor uh, that leased office space. And all these tenants were um, involved in the entertainment business. Um, there was casting directors, agents, managers, um, entertainment attorneys. I mean, you name it, they were there. And um, over the course of a few weeks, I, you know, I got to know everyone and I made friends. And one day, um, one of the um, commercial agents approached me and she, she mentioned that uh, I should give her a picture. And I, Joe, I'm telling you, I knew nothing about the business. And my first question was, why do you want my picture? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and, and she, she responded, she's, she said, I'm a commercial agent. And I said, what is that? And she tells me, I, I help actors find work in commercials. Oh. And I immediately turned around and I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You want me to be an actor? Nah, you crazy. <laughs> like ah. I could never, I could never do that. I'm not worthy of such an amazing opportunity to be on television. That's only for special people. That's, I'm not one of those people. So I kindly turned her down, but uh, a few months later, um, I took her up on the offer after I had, um, I had booked a, a, a very small role in a film entitled Stiletto. Um, the casting oh, yeah. office yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Vialonga directed that. He was also, um, I, I believe, the screenwriter on The Green Book that won an Oscar yeah. recently. Um, yeah, so uh, he he had me come in. Um, we met each other when I was at the front desk. I would check him in whenever he was um, there to cast his film. And he approached me and one day just um, told me to come in for an audition. And I told him I wasn't an actor. And he said, don't worry about it. Do you speak Spanish? And I said, hell yeah. And he said, can you can, can you act angry? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Me and my mom, we get into fights all the time. I got this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he had me come in. I auditioned. I was super nervous. Um, but, it, you know, he it was enough to get cast for the role. And um, through that role, I was a Taff Heart lead. And once I understood what a Taff Heart lead was, um, that's when I went back to that casting. Dir- uh, I'm sorry, that commercial agent. And um, and I gave her a picture. And that's that's basically where it got started. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for, after for that, the, for um, those of you who don't know, a Taff Heart lead is like, you know, it's uh, it's basically the way to get grandfathered into the union. It, and me as a casting director, especially when I was doing commercials early on in my career, I did it a lot, actually. Um, really? Oh, God bless you. That's a huge um, uh, that's huge for any actor that moves out here to get into the business. I mean, it, yeah. it opens up so many doors. Mm-hmm. Well, it was I will say, though, it was a lot easier. I mean, we're talking about in like 2001. And so it. it was easier because the you know, I don't know if you know this, but productions get fined. As they tap oh, so no way, R- yes, really, a, a sliding scale, and I don't know if it's the same this way because it's been a few years since I've done it, but um, it's you know typically it was like five hundred dollars for the first person that you would tap Hartley, a thousand, fifteen hundred, it would keep going up um, because the in, essentially the unions do try to, and now that I'm assuming you're part of the union, they try yes. to make sure like why can't you use a union actor prior to Taft Hartling a new one into our, into our union, you know, which I think is a good way to protect you guys. But also like as a casting director, it was always our job to canvas the town and to make sure that we were giving every actor, whether they were new non-union or what an opportunity. And that was a lot easier earlier on in my career. It's I know it's a lot harder now. So 
well. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I didn't know what a Taff Hartley was. I, I remember when I, when I booked the role, uh, somehow through our communication, I, I misunderstood. And I, I, I thought that, mis, uh, that Taff Hartley was a person. I thought it was Mr. Taff Hartley. So when, <laughs> when I showed up to set, um, uh, I found the first person, uh, we were, we were shooting over by universal city at this Chinese restaurant. And, um, I walked up to the first person with a headset because remember, I, I, I've never been on a film set. It's my first right. job. And um, I, I was nervous. And I remember I walked up to uh, this lady and I and I said, hi, my name is Renee Moran. I am looking for Mr. Taff Hartley. Can you please tell me where I can find him? <laughs> <laughs> and and, um, and she, she looked at me with wide eyes and she said, um, hold on one second. I'll be right back. And, uh, and I stood there, I waited for her. I had the biggest smile. I was so excited. And, was she uh, an AD? She, uh, uh, yes. And, and she and, knew exactly what it was then. Yeah. So I, I guess she was kind of messing around with me. So she leaves and she returns and she says, I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want to hear first? And I said, uh, I'd love to hear the bad news first. And she says, well, the bad news is there is no Mr. Taff Hartley. He does not exist. <laughs> and Im- immediately I'm sweating. I'm like, ah. Oh, damn it, I'm messing up already. And it's my first day. And she says, but the good news is um, Taff Hartley is paperwork and you're in the union now. And and I I turned around and I said, what's the union? And she looked at me and was like, just go fill this out. And um, (laughs) I- I, I, probably like, oh gosh, we are going to have our hands full with this one. (laughs) Maybe, maybe perhaps. I I realized what it was when I I sat down um, with some of the stunt guys and we were chatting and I was- telling them about my story and, you know, how I, it was my first job. And then I mentioned Taff Hartley and the embarrassment I just went through and they were like, holy crap, they, they still give those out. And I was like, what is it? And they were like, it's basically your three SAG vouchers that actors go after to join the union all in one. And, yeah. and, and then I was like, wow, um, it's, it sounds because, like yeah, it's because you book a speaking part, you are grandfathered into the union. You don't have to join right away, but yeah, you are eligible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's so funny. I have to say though, that's a really cool story because when I earlier on, it, it was always the actors that, that, that would sort of be naive like that. Yes. Um, that to me didn't scare me actually. I appreciated mm. you guys more. I mean, I know no, you're not in that position anymore, but in the beginning it's like, I appreciated that more because you guys were always willing to do whatever it took. Yes. You were always willing to show up on time, be prepared, you yes. know, um, really, really go for it because you didn't want to mess up and you didn't want to, yes. um, you know, haul yourself up in your trailer and be late or this or that or whatever. No, yeah. Some actors that have gotten too far along that think, you know, oh, okay, well, they'll wait for me. No, 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 no. You know, so I appreciate that story. Yeah. I, you know, I, I tell you, I try to stay close to that, whatever you want to call it, that charm, that naiveness. I, 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 I like day, to, yeah. I, I like to keep as much as that as possible, but also um, now at this point, I have a little bit of experience and, and, and I try to combine that knowledge and, and still be excited as that first day. Yeah. Um, but now with preparation and, and I, I think I get more excited now knowing that I have like a fastball to throw, you know, I, I got, I got a curveball too. And, and I'm more excited now to show it um, and, and, and more confident too and understanding, you know, what my, my, my job is to do and what my, 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 um, what my puzzle piece is in the big puzzle, you know? Yeah. Now, when you got that job, were you? Would did you just quit your receptionist job, or did you just quit that job that you were no. at? That 
No, you know, that, that job has stuck with me for a very long time. Um, that, that job got me more work. I, I stayed there and over time, um, my, the, the gentleman I was working for, um, he really believed in me and he, he would tell me, you know, go, you have an audition, go. Um, yeah. and he actually provided me with a, a backup front desk person and, I would coordinate with them whenever I had auditions. Um, I've been very fortunate, you know, um, I, again, most of my friends who are in the business, you know, they, they have, uh, jobs serving tables, bartending, yeah. um, you, you know, uh, now with Uber and well, not, I guess not anymore at this moment, but you know, different jobs like that. But, um, I got really lucky where I was, I you can still even, Uber. no, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't ridden an Uber in a while because of COVID. Me but, neither, because I'm not really, <laughs> I don't really find it to be safe either. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I stuck with that job. I was like, if I wasn't auditioning or if I wasn't on set, I was still surrounded by the business. You know, there was actors coming in all the time. Um, the the casting office was Pembroke Front Casting. I'm not sure if you're familiar Dean with and that. Dawn, I know them. Yeah. They're amazing. Oh wait, Dude, you know Dean and Don? You were in, wait, were you were in Sherman Oaks? Yes, we were at 14724 Ventura Boulevard. So you were that in like a, a barrister or a Regis or something? It was actually a Douglas Emmett building, but yes, pretty much. It's the, the same, kind of the same thing. We were in the that, penthouse like, floor. Where you all share the kind of the, the mail room and the, the people that work at the front thing. Yes, we were yeah. what they called an executive suites office. Yes. And, yeah. So my, and, first, my very first one was in the Comerica Bank building in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which is the same thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, you guys, there's some good restaurants on that first floor. That's so funny. And Dean and Don actually have like another number one movie on Netflix right yes. now. I think it's yes, the, they do. The woman Nia Long, right? Correct. Yeah, those yeah. boys are cooking, man. They're 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 still they're doing great, man. I, I love those guys. Crank, yeah, they crank out a lot of really like just a lot of movies a year, and and yes. I and they're sweet guys. They're really nice people. They're amazing. You know, Dean Dean, I call him Coach Dean. Um, Dean was the first person to ever really uh, begin kind of, uh, how should I say, uh, polishing me up. You know, I would audition for him all the time. And, and because I'd have to see him after my auditions, I would get very nervous because I always wanted to impress him and do a good job. So I, he was always my 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 toughest audition because I knew if I sucked, I'd have to see him the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, but but he brought me in on a lot of stuff. Um, I was very green at the time, and and over time he helped me polish up so much, and he gave me wonderful advice, and as well That's as amazing. Don, and yeah, there are relationships that um, I, I'm so grateful for. Good. Now, so I have to mention this. So obviously, you know, so of course, I got your bio and things before we, you know, do this. But I, there's yeah. a line in your bio, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my who God, wrote what it. did they say? Who wrote I don't this? know whether it was your publicist <laughs> or whatever, but I swear, like every, I mean, I do these all the time. I interview actors all the time and I am like, and I just, I thought it was actually very charming. So I'm going to read it to you and I need to know where it came oh from. Oh my God. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So Renee slowly re went from wearing Timberland boots and echo <laughs> cargo pants to wearing button down shirts and slacks. Oh my absorbing god! Absorbing the diction and mannerisms of the professionals that surrounded him. Wow! Who wrote that? They, who wrote that? I need I need a copy of that. <laughs> I think you know, first of all, I think it's super. First of all, I think it's super honest, which I love. It is, but I also yeah. think that it's kind of charming in a way of like 
like what you just were even just talking about in our short time of talking right now, like you knew nothing. You came out here. You just were you. You were like, what are you talking about? I can't be an actor. I can't be this. But you adapted. And I think that that's great. I'm assuming your publicist wrote that. You know, Joe, I I, um, when when I gave my publicist the full story, I I didn't hold anything back. Um, And, uh, you know, that story, it it, it means something to me because um, it reminds me where I was at that time in my life. And um, you see, that outfit, it means something to me. I remember I told you I was working at a a gymnasium down here in um, uh, uh, Encino, California. It was called Bodies in Motion. Uh, I met basically all my core friends there. But anyways, um, I, I befriended so many people and people really liked me. And I remember I had been offered um, an opportunity to go um, in for these interviews. Um, and one was a real estate office and one was a retirement company. And I remember I, I didn't, I, I was a street kid, Joe. I'm, you know, I'm from, mm-hmm. I'm from the South. Like, you know, we wore basketball shorts, sandals and wife beaters. And, you know, it was, this, it was very Caribbean and tropical. Yeah. So. Well, wait a um, minute. You weren't wearing Timbaland boots in Orlando, were you? Listen, listen, I was, I was trying to keep up with all my cool New York friends. Cause all my friends. Boy, that's hot are, down there in Orlando. <laughs> I know, I know. I'd wear them with uh, denim shorts, uh, the baggy ones. <laughs> and then the, and then the Timbos with the, with the tongue just slipping down. Oh, and the laces hanging out. You know the look. You from Jersey. You know. Oh, I, yes. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Believe me, I know the look. Yeah, you know, you know what it is, baby. Uh, so, yeah. So those those office interviews I went on, you know, I was I didn't I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like it would be common sense, but I just thought you go in a nice outfit, you know, and, and that's what I did. I, I put on my best outfit that I had available in my closet and that consisted of a pair of Timberland boots, my Echo uh, pants. They were khaki colored, but they had cargo pockets on the side. <laughs> and um, and I had a, a Timberland sweater that matched my Tim's. And to me, I looked fly. I was like, yo, you about to go get these jobs. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I remember I, I went to both of those interviews. And when they were said and done, I, I didn't get hired for either one. But I remember I remember feeling some type of way, like something was off, like almost they weren't making fun of me. But I could tell that they were looking at me kind of like, oh, this isn't what I expected. So yeah. w- when I was offered this um, opportunity to be the front desk guy at at Dean and Don's office, um, I wasn't excited. I actually turned it down at first. And that was because, um, I I was, first of all, I was ready to come back to Florida and, um, I still didn't have any button ups. So I didn't want to be embarrassed again. You know, at that point I knew that my look wasn't working and I I was like, I don't want to go to another office, um, interview and be embarrassed. But I got convinced that it, it, you know, just go, just go. Even if, you don't like it, you don't have to do it. So I did go and guess what? I wore the same outfit. I wore my Timberland boots, the pants Mm -hmm. and the sweater. And I showed up to that office and there was like Tupac um, posters on the wall and Biggie posters. And I'm like, like, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I kind of, I was like, wait, wait, these Tims might work here. Uh Um, (laughs) And I remember I I got called in to interview with uh, this gentleman named Rick Barlow, who's my mentor to this day. And, um, he, he, I, I went in his office. The view was insane. You could see the entire San Fernando Valley out of the window. 
And and at the time, like I had never been in office buildings. You know, my parents were immigrants, you know, were workers. My parents worked in restaurant jobs. The only time I ever saw any views from a high rise building was if I went to the doctor's office. You know, there was no other reason for me to be in such a professional environment. So I was immediately intimidated when I saw that 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 um, horizon in the background and I sat down and we spoke for a few minutes. And within five minutes, he asked me when I could start and I couldn't believe it. I was in disbelief and and then I was I was intimidated um, just because, again, I was around so many successful people and I was such a street kid at the time. I, ha- I mean, I had been here from Florida for about a year and a half at that point. Mm. And um, Very green. I was. Yeah. Yeah. But he gave me a chance and that chance I capitalized on. And, you know, what I realized really quickly was these successful people, these rich people, these people that are doing amazing things with their businesses they're just like everybody else. Well, they're- I was going to say that, you know, a lot of times, and also what people fail to realize is that if, if they're not in the business, typically, I mean, casting directors are jeans and sneakers all day long. We don't, yeah. you know, or yeah. agent managers, I mean, agents at like high, high agencies, you know, are in suits and things, but we're, it's not, it's pretty laid no. back. It's not as buttoned up as you would think. You exactly. Know? Even, even the entertainment attorneys on the floor were, very casual. But but I think the thing that really stood out to me is that, you know, everyone, all these successful people, they were looking for a good deal, just like my mom does when she goes to the grocery store. And I realized, you know, we're the same people, which means I can be successful like you guys, too, if we are the same people. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just kept evolving my mind. And I kept learning so much about the business um, really quickly. And I was doing my best to kind of digest everything. And to this day, I, I still um, am very close friends with a lot of the entertainment attorneys that I knew. So I'm always consulting with them uh, regarding, you know, different different approaches to the business. And and I keep in touch with Dean and Don and, you know, and all these people are still in my life. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's- now you go from, so you did Stiletto and then what, um, what, what was the time between Stiletto and the tax collector? I'm sorry, what was the time gap between those? Yeah. The time Ooh, a long time, a long time. I want to say that's probably about almost 10 years between those two jobs. Um, okay. So now you're yeah. back auditioning and kind of going out there and seeing what, getting for TV jobs, film jobs, things like that? Yes. You see, Stiletto happened, but you know, early on, I never allowed myself to call myself an actor. I, I, I didn't believe that I had done enough work f- to be able to uh, claim that title. I hadn't had enough training to claim that title. So I never took myself very seriously in the beginning. Um, I always just said, I, I, I just do it on the side. And I was, I was more interested in growing in my office position and, and, and learning more. Uh, but what ended up happening was I, 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 I kept flirting with the business and I kept booking things, especially in the commercial world. Um, so the beginning, all I did was commercials and any jobs that Dean and Don might bring me in. And I, I kept booking. I, I, I remember my first uh, national was a Ford uh, Focus commercial. And I remember I, I showed up on set. It was, it was my first job. Um, and I was, I was so excited. I, and they escorted me to a trailer. And I'm like, wait a second. This is mine? This is my room? I was like, dang. I was like, I, I would have sat outside and waited in a chair if you guys wanted. I, I can't believe this is for me. This is great. And, um, and the experience was amazing. I remember I I called my agent at the end of the day and I said, um, her name is Danny Wolf. And I said, I said, Danny, 
that was amazing. I would have done that for a hundred bucks. And she's yeah. like, she says to me, she's like, she's like, Renee, you, you have no idea what's coming. And I said, no, 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 Danny, stop. This isn't about the money. That was just so much fun. Like I, w- I would have done that for free. That was amazing. They were, they treated she's me so like, well. Don't you dare ever say that. That's my job to get my money. <laughs> she pretty, I mean, in a very polite way, she says, just, just you wait and see what's going to happen. And, and I remember those, um, I thought it would be like one check, but it was like all these checks that came in one day. And I remember I called her. Yeah, I called her up and I said, um, I think I can do this. And, yeah. and she's like, and she says to me on the spot, she said, well, if you want to continue to do this, you need to take classes and you need to begin training. And I said, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. And she said, well, I believe you should sign up for an improv class. If we can put that on your resume, um, more people might be tempted to call you in for uh, commercials. Yeah, so that, that was, commercials for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, I signed up at, uh, UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, and I took nice. a couple classes there and, um, and it just kept going. But again, I didn't really call myself an actor until about five or six years ago when, when I, I, I signed with my agents and I realized like, okay, now we're really gonna, I'm really gonna try now. Um, I'm, I'm actually gonna, approach this as if it were a business instead of just something I do on the side. And, um, and that all happened. Um, I had a, I had a really bad year in 2013. Um, the commercials dried up. Um, I wasn't going out for anything with Dean and Don really. And, um, I freaked out. So I went back to college and I took a journalism class and it was that journalism class that reshaped my mind, uh, about media you see, before that class, I had never kind of understood how powerful media is and how it works. Mm-hmm. I was always just a consumer. But, um, but after that class, I realized um, if I create content and I release it and people see me as an actor, then that means whoever saw me as an actor, then my dream is real to them as well. Mm. And the more people that think that way about me, means my dream is becoming bigger and bigger and more alive. So immediately after that class, I, I hooked up with a friend and we started making YouTube videos and I, it, it just created some sort of synergy. And we made those videos. I booked a Miller Lite commercial that was getting a lot of play um, during the NBA playoffs. And then I had a friend approach me and he said, I think you're ready. And I was like, ready for what? And he told me um, he would uh, send my my stuff to uh, some an agency um, who I'm still with, um, Ellis Talent Group. I don't know if you're familiar. With oh my them. God, Pam and um, and Gab. Yes. Oh my God, you know them, Joe? I do actually. I know them well. So I managed. You should know this. I managed for about 18 years, and I had a couple clients yes. with them. Yes, and... I did. I did stalk you a little. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's um, and I and they. Very, very sweet. And as, uh, honestly, so the very last time that I I was actually in their office, um, and I want to say it was uh, the Pam or Gabby, and I can't remember, but th- this is like years ago. And the woman, and I'm forgetting her name, and the woman who played Howard's mom on Big Bang Theory had just passed away. I don't know if you yes. remember her. But yes, she was only the boy. But they represented her for, I don't know, thir- 30 years or something. Something crazy, oh, right? Yeah. And yeah. It was a very weird, uh, uh, weird and somber day, and so I sort of just said hello, and I, I left. I think I was like visiting Ulrich Schultz and Kritzer because that's the big casting office in there. Yes, they're and in the same place. building. Yeah, and I and I and then I just and I'm, we just kind of lost touch, but I love and adore them, and they're very sweet and they're very 
hands-on and, and, and yes. they're great at what they do. Yeah. I, I, I call them my acting moms. I, I consult with them on everything. Um, yeah. I, I love my manager um, uh, as well, and I consult with him on everything as well. But Pam and Gabby were um, – his name is Paulo Andres. Oh, my um, God. At Rockman Andres, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you know the whole town. This is awesome. I, and they probably – and they know me. So, yeah, you can ask them. Oh, um, my God. Okay. I'm going to name drop later when I reach out. Um, you're with great – you're in great hands. and with, Isn't Sandy or uh, Sandy something there too? Yes, yes. Yeah. Sandy's at yeah. that office as well. Yeah. No, yeah. they're – I, I'm, I've been really blessed. Like I said, I've been with um, Pam and Gab from the start. Uh, <laughs> I remember I showed up to their office and I had never met with agents before. This was my first ever meeting with an agency. And I remember I, I didn't know what the approach was. So I took what I learned from that journalism class and I brought that into the room with me. So I showed up with a folder, fresh headshots, resumes, perfectly cut uh, a business card with my picture on it and name and my phone number and email. And, and I, and I showed up in a button down this time, no Timberland boots. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I sat down and I remember one of the first things I said to them was like, I want to create a brand. Um, I, I want to become like the Latino Will Smith cause I'm urban and cool and I can sit down and drink a 40 with the fellas but I can also sit down in a conference room with a button down and talk business with business people. So I, I, I kind of, and then I remember the, they just looked at me like, okay, kid. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they, they luckily and thankfully they, they decided to work with me. Um, they called me an hour later while I was at the, in the meat section at the grocery store. And I just, I am not, I started just jumping and going crazy. I was so excited. It is exciting where your very first, especially, I mean, look, I've, I've been in this a long time and I know, and one of my most favorite things early on uh, when I was casting, especially was to call the young actor or whatever and say, you booked the job and I'm going to tap Hartley you into this thing. <sighs> yeah. And so it is an amazing phone call to make or, and, and, and then to receive on your end as well. So it really is. That's fun. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, I, I, and again, I've, I've been with them ever since and, um, yeah, I, f I feel very fortunate and we're just, you know, they, 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 they take good care of me. So I'm, I'm just really grateful for them. Good. Well, let's get into what we've got coming up, which is amazing. And um, yes. I think premiering in early August, the tax collector opposite Shia LaBeouf, Bobby Soto, um, George Lopez and others. Yeah. What, um, I mean, I, sometimes these things are like, what can you tell me about it? Um, you know, cause you're limited mm -hmm. in what you can tell me. I want to, I want to, you kind of tell me about it. And then also want to kind of get into, um, what the, like the premiere looks like for this during COVID or what the sort of marketing looks like during COVID. So tell me a little bit about it and what you play. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in a supporting role. Um, I play the role of Victor. Um, you know, Victor's got a couple things going on. I can't really speak on too much of the film, um, right. at this time, but there's definitely going to be, like you said, um, a lot of really great actors in it. Um, there's, you know, you, like you mentioned, Shia LaBeouf, Bobby Soto, George Lopez, Lana Paria, um, Brandon Schaub, Carrie Martin, Chelsea Rendon, Noemi, I could go on and on, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be great. Obviously David Ayer is directing and, and it, it's just going to be an amazing job. I'm, I'm not really sure, um, on too many details about a premiere. 
Um, yeah. But I know they I know that they did a, a, a showing um, at a drive in theater last night and it seems they, like it went really well. I was going to say that a friend uh, Brittany Snow's got something that they just did last week or whatever. And it was all this drive up premiere. Yes. Which was yeah. Yeah. From, from what I understood, they, they sold out um, and it was very well received. So, yeah, it, it, it's exciting. You know, um, Shia LaBeouf is someone that. Um, I grew up watching and I, I've always enjoyed his work. Um, I think he's really brilliant at what he does. And um, it, I'm, I'm very inspired by his just his approach and um, yeah. to, to have the opportunity to to share the camera with him um, was just it's almost like it didn't feel real, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just extremely grateful for that. Um, I learned. Where did you guys so- shoot that? Um, the scenes that I worked with, we shot in LA, like in the hood somewhere. Yeah. It was, we were really on the block. Um, it was like deep in LA. Yeah. Um, it was, it was all very real. You know, um, I have, um, I have experience on, you know, TV sets and film sets and uh, the more I work in uh, film, it's, it's, there's such different spaces, you know, and, and there's, um, so many different ways to approach it. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm still learning, um, as much as I can. I, I I don't think you ever stop learning in this business. There's always new experiences, new sets, you know, new approaches and, um, you know, new ways to approach your work. Um, so I'm constantly trying to uh, learn from all the greats that I'm surrounded by. Yeah. There's a, um, who said it? Uh, I don't know whether it was Tom Hanks talking about Meryl Streep or, I think, yes, I think it was, I think Tom Hanks received his Cecil B. DeMille award and he said, you are an idiot if you don't steal from the other actors mm. that are around you. And That's, he said, and most of them only need one name, Meryl and Bobby yeah. De Niro, you know, whatever, whoever it was. And, um, but I think that that's very true. You just said, you know, learn, learn from yes. those people that are around you. Absolutely. You, you, you'll, I, I think you do a disservice to yourself to not, um, allow that to sink in, you know, um, it's, it's, I think it's very easy to allow your ego to, to take over. Um, but I think it's very important to, um, just, um, you know, be there to work and, and do the best at what you do and pay attention. You know, um, I'm, I'm telling you, there hasn't been a single experience on set that I've had that I didn't take something with me, you know, there's always something, even the littlest thing, you know? Um, and ultimately, you know, you, you look, you know, time passes and you look back and you're like, you know, all that work has allowed me to, um, you know, keep developing and, and, and keep getting better at, at, at at what we do. Okay. Now, do you know where it's going to be shown so we can, um, I, I, from what I understand, you know, it's, yeah, from what I understand, it's going to be, um, shown at limited theaters. Um, but I'm a little confused about that, you know, just yeah. because COVID and all that, but I know for sure. Well, because um, COVID, yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, some States are shut down, others aren't, but I know that there will be a, um, on demand release. Um, I believe Amazon is going to be one of them. Um, but I would double check that online. I'm, I'm yeah, it, it's going to be on multiple sites, but I just haven't confirmed yeah. everything yet. Everybody but, just keep Googling the tax collector, follow it and see yes. it. It's supposed to come out in the first or second week of August. So August just keep 7th. It. Yeah. What yeah. now you just mentioned something and I think we can sort of end there because I think it's great. You know, what you, you know, you said you learn from others now, right? 
What yes. would you say to newbies coming up now? What would it be a, a something that you would bestow on them? Um, somebody uh, just, just like fresh from Jersey here trying to make it as an actor? Somebody just like you when you started out in that, in that front desk. Yeah. Got it. Um, uh, stay the course, you know, um, understand that you're signing up for a marathon and, um, and, and prepare yourself, you know, um, be patient, be kind to yourself and, and learn as much as you can as you go and, and try to tuck your ego away as much as possible. Um, the less ego you have, um, and, uh, the more you understand that, you know, it's, it's not personal, you know, when, when you don't get the job, um, when you're not the right person for the job, it's nothing against you or who you are as a human being. It's just, you don't serve the story the way it needs to be served. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to, to not take that personally. Um, I know in the past it's, it, you know, you, you, you get excited about a role. You think it's perfect for yourself. And, um, you know, in the end, um, the right storytellers need to tell the story and, um, it's not about you. Um, and learn from that and just keep going, you know, keep running your marathon. You're going to get your chances. And, um, when you do get those chances, capitalize, do the best work you can possibly do and leave a good impression. Every set you go to leave a good impression. It's not about being the mayor on set and, you know, making everyone love you. But it's it's the little things, being respectable mm-hmm. and um, not being a diva on set and being prepared, you know, hit your yeah. marks, know your lines and then go home, you know. And I have a quick story about that, though, that yeah. sometimes it is out of your control kind of thing. It's um, so I was casting this movie and I had the directors and the producers in there, uh, the director and the producers in there. And w- this woman came in and she was in, she was pretty much the best one. We were like, this is her, you know, whatever. And, I, and then, yeah. Um, she walks out, my assistant walks her out and one of the producers, Keith goes, absolutely not. We were like, wait, what are you talking about? This was, she was perfect. We could basically stop now, you know, (laughs) whatever. Nope. She reminds me of my ex-wife. Oh my goodness. And that was it. (laughs) That was literally it. The woman did not fall because of that. And so that's when I say, and when you said some things are just completely out of your control and that, that's like a rarity, but stuff like that does happen, you know? Or something like, no, she looks too much like Angelina Jolie, who's our lead, or she looks too much like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I mean, that, that that plays in as well. So sometimes you just have to do what you do. Yeah. And leave. Best at what you do, shake it off and move on to the next. Uh, yeah. Onward, on to the next. It's, it's yep. um, uh, the more we dwell on, you know, um, wait, waiting for that phone call to tell us that we booked that role, the, the, the more you're, you stress. Um, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it's things that are just completely out of your control. Like you said, it, oh, he's yep. just a little too tall opposite our lead or, you know, yeah. or the, it's just so many little things, so many factors that uh, I think it's what makes it so difficult. But again, consistently doing good work, um, leaving good impressions with casting directors, they'll keep calling you in and, um, you know, they want you to win and, and obviously they have a job to do too. And if you can make their job easier, um, they'll keep calling you in and, and, you know, you'll end up landing something that's meant for you. Yeah. Well, my friend, Renee Moran, you have been amazing to talk to. Thanks, The Joe. tax collector coming out in the first few weeks of uh, August. Guys, just Google it, figure out where it's coming out. It's not going to be typical during COVID, obviously. But yeah. 
um, starring Shia LaBeouf, the tax collector, and my my new friend Renee Moran. Yes, sir. Um, are you on social media? Where can they follow you? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, Twitter's a little bit aggressive for me uh, sometimes. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so um, you can find me on Instagram at I am Renee Moran. Okay, I awesome. I A M R E N E M O R A N. Yes, yes, that's find, find me on there. Joe, I think you're awesome, man. I, I thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I really um I'm I'm really grateful to to be a guest on your show. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming, spending your morning with me. All right, everybody, tune in next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And you can follow me at Joe underscore Lorenzo on Twitter and Instagram.